more Star Wars Jedi. And cool other things. No, you stole it. That's why. I, Listen, that was intro, a weird cold intro. It was a weird cold intro. It's because Brett said, hey, we're going to do this. And then I was going to leave with it's Star Wars and, and then more Star Wars. And then he just said more Star Wars. I'm like, ah, cool things are coming, I guess. Hey, it's okay because cool things are coming, but I guess they're hot. They're not cool. It's summer. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to summer here either. Even though, weirdly, I think August is like clearly our hottest month. I think June is. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe August it's just because it I had more reason to be outside in August back in... Because I'm still thinking... It's weird how you set expectations to things. Mine is still thinking about having to go back to school in August. And, like, you have to be outside. And, like, there's... You know, you have to be outside for, like, some, like for lunch PE and stuff and like stuff. that. Yeah. And pee and walking between classes, at least at our school, because it was Maybe so big. So. Um, I feel like it June, always felt super hot. I feel like June, July here is the worst. August, it starts to calm down a little bit, but then September is when it starts to kind of get a decline. You know, it's weird. I used to skateboard and bicycle and all sorts of stuff, so I don't know why... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe August is just what feels hottest to me, regardless of what it is, but... Because when you're skateboarding and biking, it's like, you know, you, you have wind to help. It's yeah. kind of like riding the motorcycle. Even if it's hot, if you ride the motorcycle and you, you kind of get going, you have wind, it's so it kind of helps. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting. Or those little electric scooters when you're whipping through. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm about to, we're about to ride those here in a minute. Uh, um, all right. Well, so, hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys Lucky 162. And since this is Mother's Day and we're recording, this is, may seem like a kind of a quick episode. We may be trying to get through things quick. I have plans after this. Um, something that uh, if you stick around in our Discord, you'll probably see a picture of. Um, but that's not my actual plans for Mother's Day. Uh, my mother is dead, so I'm going to eat with my, my wife's parent, family. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, man. It's the way that you went about saying that. That was just. But yes, your mother is dead. My mother passed away. So, uh, and when that I was is young, unfortunate. Yes. Uh, so I have a very grim sense of humor about that. But. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse, though, because like, I guess it's not debilitating, which not, is yeah, probably a good yeah, thing. Yeah, like I look at it as a positive thing. you got to be heavy by everything in life, even all the negatives. you got to have something to look forward to. Whenever I worked at the hospital, people would be like, why would you laugh at that? I'm like, it's just a thing it's that happens. It's a coping mechanism in a way. Yeah, um, doesn't mean it's healthy necessarily. but I know my mom would probably laugh at those jokes, but... There you go. We'll start the show off what we uh, like normal with what we've been playing, and my answer is a steaming hot pile of nothing except Greedfall, but hey. not in a good way. Oh. Yeah. So you don't like the game? I mean, it's okay, but I started playing it on Sunday. When you called me on Monday, I had played a little bit more of it because mm-hmm. I had taken that down for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And then Evie got sick. She was doing this thing like where she was hiding out, like she was in her little cubby hole and under the TV for a lot longer. You could tell she wasn't really eating a lot. She wasn't drinking a lot. She wasn't mm-hmm. playing. So we took her to the vet. And, you know, when your pet's sick, you don't really feel like doing anything. You don't yeah, really care no, about absolutely. anything. Absolutely. Um, said that uh, she had a fever and a cat's regular temperature can range up to like 102 but she had 104 and they screened her for all like the three uh, deadly things like like leukemia and other things like that and she proved all negative on yeah, those yeah dude cat leukemia is apparently like pretty common yeah and she, so she proved she tested negative on those so they think she just had a kitty cold or something so they gave her an uh, antibacterial shot and a steroid shot and she seems to be doing better now like she's playing like this morning i was in there hanging out with her and she's 
you could tell like she's running around. She's more active. She's on the tailwind of getting better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for that reason, I haven't really played any video games and I kind of lost interest in Greedfall again. Like I kind of, I could appreciate how cool it was, but I just couldn't care for the story of the characters with me. So I think today I'm going to start playing Final Fantasy 14 again. Okay. To give me something to do. And I even was almost convincing Andrew to play it at work. So that's a hard sell for him. Has he been enjoying seven? Cause I know one of his big hangs up, hangups still is that seven. he probably doesn't. I think one of his big hangups for final fantasy games is, and he was really, he had a hard time with kingdom hearts when you're dealing. And I, I know actually a lot of people have this, uh, people who don't keep up with games at just a crazy rate. They're more casual players, but they see a game. It's like, Oh yeah, that's from a series I've liked in the past mm-hmm. or in Andrew's case. He saw that I like Kingdom Hearts, and he saw Kingdom Hearts characters. I mean, sorry, Final Fantasy characters in it. And Ten is his favorite Final Fantasy. So when he saw Titus, as he is <laughs> in there, Titus, uh, but, yeah. but I agree. But um, he was like, "Oh, that's that cool." Up. He's like, "There goes Waka," and everybody goes, "That's cool." So he had interest to start playing it. But he had a hell of a time getting used to the full 3D movement, which is way he, different. He than does 10. not like games that are not turn-based, and of course, the non-turn-based combat. So yeah. I didn't know if he was going to stick with Seven. I thought he might. I know he tried it because you can do the stop command for most things. Yeah, and you can't do that like... If you play on classic mode, apparently it's way more like that. You you hit it, and then you say attack this. How do you build up ATB? I, it automatically does it in classic mode. Okay. I, see, I never played in classic mode. When I it's a, it's it on a lot hard, more like the original, where it's like you're, while you're doing battle, your bar just kind of fills. I like that. Um, when yeah. I replay it on hard, uh, closer when the second game comes out, then I'll probably play it that way. But uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh pretty much a great big pile of nothing as well i beat crisis core uh and uh towards the end i ended up uh, because i I was i knew i was close to the end and i was like you know what i haven't done much of this run because i wasn't playing on hard uh though i may go back and play on hard i don't know uh is materia fusion uh what was weird about those psp games is like all of them had like some form of a gameplay mechanic that was based around fusion which i also thought was weird because like the uh kingdom hearts birth by sleep had it for uh command fusion Mm -hmm. yeah you command deck fusion then the ds yeah the ds um not it may have been recoded I'm pretty sure it was uh, recoded and not 358 over 2 because 358 over 2 was the first one. But recoded had a command deck meld kind yeah. of thing, too. Not nearly as robust. And they never brought that back, really. In that no, same to any kind of, of Yeah, to that kind of same form. For um, some reason, it was dead. I guess is it because it's a way for you to play the game do something that's interesting, but be able to turn it off in like short bursts. So if like you're just on a quick train ride, you're like, I'm going to go make a few new commands or a few new materia because it's kind of what it is. It's like... It, I don't say it's TDM technically, but it's like it's menu surfing to get to what is a, is your best potential thing. And there's actually some really great commands in Birth by Sleep that you can only get through command melding. And there's some really good uh, material you can only get through. Now that I think fusion. about it, every Kingdom Hearts game had a trope that was portable. Like you started with Chain of Memories, which was a card game, mm-hmm. and then you went to 358. Right, that was the next one. That was on that was DS, and then Recoded it was like came a mission after. style. Yeah, and then Recoded came after. Mm-hmm. And then you had Birth by Sleep, and then you had Dream Drop, and Dream Drop introduced the other games kind of middled in fusions, but then Dream Drop does uh, Dreamflow or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and 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 the also which it got that, moved forward. That stayed in three. Yeah, uh, the rest yeah. of them didn't. Way more scaled back though, which yeah. I guess makes sense. One's like in a dream world. I don't know. It's weird to say, um, but yeah, no, it's it's either way. I know that Square Enix during the during the PSP days for sure, and during the handheld spinoffs of the big series, they were looking for things that could fit in a handheld game. Yeah. But what made it fun. I guess. So like the last four hours of gameplay before I actually went and fought the final boss in uh, 
crisis core i was just going through and doing missions so i could get the other two accessory slots uh so i could get the item fuser that lets you not only fuse two material together but also put items into it to adjust what it will or will not yeah. do uh so i tried like min maxing my build so that i could just do the final boss and like blow through it and i did um but it was fun you know, like I told you, the first time I played that game and went through, uh, every between every mission, I would do like 10 of the, or between every story mission, I would do like 10 of the other mission mm-hmm. uh, that would, you just go through. And I also love that. Like, you just go to a start, uh, for the missions at least, the same button that you hit to go through all your menus, you hit that and then you just go to missions. It's like it's not a sub-menu anywhere yeah. or anything like that. I, I really like that. And I also like that. It's like, they again, thinking about the portable aspect, it's like, well, if they're playing on the go, they don't want to waste time having to travel to the places where the shops actually are. So no matter where you're at, you just go, you hit triangle, pull up your menu, go to shops, and you can buy from any shops that you've unlocked. Yeah, and it makes you really wonder, like, why why they have not tried to make this a remaster because there's ways to get around the licensing problems i mean there is it's all okay there is but it'd be like your complaint with scrubs right where it's like a moment that you've always known to look and feel this way because of the music choice suddenly it looks and feels way different because the music is gone that's true but if they get a good enough because that was more like stock music they use in scrubs if they get a good enough known composer to make new music or get Utada Hikaru to come back and write an original song that specifically cool. for it. There's a ton of things you could do. Clearly. Who knows, though? If, uh, I, if Nomura's part of it, though, pro- since, since, since 7 is weird now, and we don't even know if the game's canon. Well, technically, the new the 7 way, is you, canon. Every time you text me something, like you texted me what you're talking about in text, you misheard everything we said in that conversation, just like the other one. I, I'm assuming so. Cause I'll I'm tell like, you huh. when we get off, because like we talked about that. We talked because it, it shows at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. There's rain puddles, mm-hmm. right? You, oh yeah, <laughs> like, I need to rewatch that cutscene. I guess yeah, because you, it was just one of those things. I like where you were like, well, it was when specifically we, when we were relation. Wrong, I was like, what are we? What are you talking about? We didn't yeah. say that. It, well, it was specifically in relation to what Josh had said. Yeah, well, and said, technically, you said what Josh was right. I'm like, but nobody. But what I was saying, he's right within what I was saying. For some reason, I was thinking that the cutscene that was shown. Would have had to be at the end of everything, but I forgot the actual it, final cutscene. It could of, have of Crisis technically Core. You know been, what I mean? Yeah, because the way the rain started. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's another there's another deciding factor there that does not happen. Yeah, and it involves a guy aiming a gun at you. Yes, yeah. and that's that's the what I think. And then there's another the chip bag thing yeah. has a different dog on it. Because we'll stop we'll stop speaking in code. But anyway, I've enjoyed yeah. Final Fantasy VII. The only other thing I did play this week, uh, the main reason I didn't is as you saw, I've been having to go through hell and back for flooring because yeah. of the concrete and the wood and the taking away like six layers of flooring and then still not being able to get all of the flooring over here so i've had to build up parts where i could get the very bottom layer up to match the other layer right it's been hell um and i've been very sore concrete all over it you just start from there i wish man it was it's been a pain but it looks really good yeah and i like the i guess that's cool i mean that's about it so but that's been wearing me out so i've getting getting where i was going to lay down and be like i'm going to play this and then I'm like, the first night I did it, I got World of Final Fantasy I talked about. So mm-hmm. I, I started playing it on Vita. It looked surprisingly good on Vita. Really, I was genuinely surprised. Uh, the voice acting, this is weird, but I get it. To, make, to be able to make the game fit on the cartridge, the voice acting uh, is a separate DLC that you, you don't pay for it. You just have to yeah, go to the yeah. store and download it. Um, kind of like some of the bigger Switch games. You yeah. put the cartridge in, and then there's like 30% of the game that you have to have internet download, download the rest. rest. Yeah. So I uh, did that. Started it, got through the actual tutorial battle, which got through the, tu- the tutorial chapter, and then I didn't play it anymore because I was tired that night. So every night that I'd go to bed, I'd kind of be like, I could start playing it, but I'm not going to play very long because I'm tired. 
So I just decided not to and just watch TV until I fell asleep. Yeah. So now that I'm almost done with the floor, very, very, very close, then I'm probably going to start playing again. But uh, me and Donovan were talking, and right now I'm at a point where I don't know what I want to play on PlayStation 4. So I haven't, I've not turned my PlayStation 4 on in two weeks. I haven't turned it on to do anything other than accidentally turning it on uh, and having to turn it off since uh, I beat Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, so I, I don't know what to play. I have, so I'll, I'll offer that up. If anybody has any titles, I'm thinking of going back towards playing some of the um, indie titles I've been skipping out on. Like I think, if I'm not mistaken, Gris or Grease, however you say it, Gris. is on PlayStation 4 now. Yeah, it is. So I think I may, play, I, I may, I think I may go try that out because it looked really good. Or I may just start picking up some smaller games until another big game just Why don't catches you try playing eye. Persona 5? If I'm going to play it, here's, here's the big issue, right? If I'm going to play it, from a conversation I have with Donovan, uh, it would be worth playing Royal because he was playing Persona 5, had a save issue that messed him up, and very similar to you, and he lost like four hours or five hours a game that he did. So he got mad, stopped playing it, decided to go buy Persona 5 Royal, and now he's almost where he was. But apparently Royal speeds up the whole game. Yeah, somebody let me know, like, is it worth playing Royal if you not play through 5? I actually downloaded 5 again. That's why I said that. And mm. I was going to plan on playing at some point. Uh, since there's nothing going on right now, but I th- forgot Royal come had come out, and I could. But not, Royal's full priced, and I could get. I'll pay. Per- I get Persona price. Five for five ten dollars probably. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I'll pay. Hey, I'll pay full price for Royal, and that's my uh, problem. <laughs> but y'all, let me know if it's worth pay- playing Royal if you never gotten a chance to play through the original. Um, I thought about playing P4 Golden and letting that be yeah, my play that. be my introduction into Persona because I've been wanting to kind of stay on one. Vita anyway. But right now, since I've started World of Final Fantasy, I kind of want. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Honestly, from what I've played of Persona 4, and I've said this before, I like the I the story plot of Persona 4 Golden, or the the I'll say the beginning story plot of Persona 4 Golden better than than what it, what it is in five. Interesting. Yeah, the whole killer thing is cool. But okay. uh, with well, that, I guess cool. we'll move into community's take. Well, there's two things to talk about when it comes to community's take. The first one is just an interesting thing that someone brought up to me that I have not, and sadly, because of me doing the floor, Steve, I haven't had a chance to check it out. Uh, But Steve Mullet reached out to us on Twitter, and he said, hey guys, sorry for the DM, but it's a topic that I think needs more than 140 characters for. First, I love the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. He says, I was wondering if you guys noticed or knew of the trouble regarding the recent PS4 system update 7.50. Basically, it's causing a lot of different problems for some users, everything from simple errors when installing to breaking the Blu-ray drives, thus making those who use physical games stuck with a useless console. Sony has been silent on this with no, quote, we're looking into it statement or anything. To add to it, this is during the pandemic, of course. So in North America, phone support is closed. Online chat support is overwhelmed and people keep getting dropped. The only uh, course of support, the Twitter support account, is ignoring people with questions in regards to 7.50. The only help has been to install the update via USB or restore the PS4 to factory settings. But that has not worked for all affected users. And the Twitter account for uh, the Twitter account, sorry, just keep suggesting this over and over. When it comes to the broken Blu-ray drive, they tell you to send it in for repairs. Two things. One, the drives were fine before the update, so now you have to pay for a fix uh, and error seemingly caused by Sony. Two, the repair centers are closed due to the pandemic. Forgive the long DM, but I noticed no one is paying attention to this except those affected. No blogs, websites, or news outlets seem to be tracking this or asking Sony to comment. And maybe it only affects a small percentage, but with 100 plus million sold, uh, then 2% is still 2 million users, which is not quite right. It'd be 200,000 users, right? 
two percent would be twenty percent. Yeah, uh, two million would be twenty percent. Uh, but uh, I don't know why. Why am I being dumb here? <laughs> Either way, hey Siri, what is two percent of two million? That's not the point. It's forty thousand. Forty thousand. Well, he says two percent of a hundred million, but hey Siri, <laughs> what is two percent? I'm listening. What is two percent of one million? Twenty thousand. Okay, I about to say I thought two hundred thousand, but yeah, that that seems closer. Either way, it's still a lot of users. He says left out in the cold. I should mention that for myself, I decided to take my console offline and deleted the update file as I play off disk only. And if my drive breaks and I have no PS4 due to an update, anyways, don't know what I expect from this, but it's something I think no one is talking about. All the best to you all. Stay safe and healthy. Um, and that is interesting. What I've not heard anything about this, I but I think it. that does. And I, and I really intended, I told him I was going to try and look into it before we recorded and it didn't end up happening that way, uh, which is unfortunate. I'm wondering if this is, well, it actually auto completes for errors. Um, I'm curious as to if this you is why I had problems recording my let's plays, because if that's the case, and if this is something that Sony really is ignoring, it's kind of messed up. This is kind of giving me flashbacks to um, Xbox and their Red Ring of Death in a way. Um, not for the multitude of it, not for the severity of it, but for how the company originally handled the issue. Um, for those that don't know, when the Red Ring of Death was a very first brand new problem, Microsoft was making you pay for everything, including the shipping to go in, until it became such a big uh, problem that you uh, they, they made the warranty for it. But... Um, yeah, I'm not entirely too sure what this could all lead into. Uh, if anybody listening to us and they have any ideas or thoughts or if they've been affected by this, uh, definitely let us know because um, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. But now I am kind of curious as to if this is the problem that I had with my original um, PlayStation. And oh, I, you don't have to do that because I brought something uh, I, or maybe I forgot it in my car. Um it's okay. So all I want to do is our one thing. Our Somebody brought it up. Our cylinder boxes at work are yes. six uh, by six by twelve. Uh, well, thirty six by six by six. By six. By six so by I six, literally yeah. cut a foot out of it, so it'd be six by six by twelve. Yes. And the only thing I want to show here for anybody who, if you're watching so this do I get on a YouTube, fair day in court and bring over that massive speaker. I will try to. It's really hard to okay, unplug. I'll just do it this way. But do what this. I was going to tell you is, for anybody who wants to watch, all I am trying to get to right here is that Saul mentioned that this candle right here, which is like a scentsy thing or whatever that my wife It's has, probably six inches tall by about three inches wide. He said that this was close to the size of I the I said Xbox this was closer. <laughs> play back the tapes. I said this was closer than this that is speaker. three and a quarter by what? Five by a li- four and three quarter. Okay, so I'm eight and three off. Let's see how long you are off. Yeah, go ahead. Now, don't depth. I was never concerned about. So look at uh, height and width. Yeah, it's a it's a ghetto tape measure. Don't worry about it. So we are looking at nine. So you're three off so far. Mm-hmm. And six and a half. Oh, look! I'm a lot closer than you. Get so, this sensey out of here. But yeah, um, I wanted Steve, you to know that because we had people bring it up and say that they were laughing and saying, that, just get a tape measure. My tape measure was way away. It was in my truck. So, so you're I, like, four, I couldn't go four running. Four points higher than me, technically. I'm, that is much closer than this. That's all I wanted to get out here. Not the depth, though. No, not the depth. And I conceded that last time before we ever even had a measure because. Well, hold on. Your base is the exact same all the way around. Hold on. Let me get some extra points in real quick. We're both going to leave the mic and the screen in a very professional manner. Here I am for everyone who needed to know it. So you're an inch off in depth. 
be, so I'm still closer than you. It'll be this. It'll be this one. Uh huh. <laughs> so I can, I can, yeah. So I'm still closer than you. If I'm only an inch off in depth, you were three inches off in depth. So what is that? I was three and four. Or whatever it is. Why are we doing this on a point system? All that matters I, is I was closer than you. I was just seeing how far. Uh, actually, it works. So I cut it. I cut the box, and I made it 12 inches long by 6 inches wide by 6 inches deep. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote Xbox Series X on it, and I was going to take it into your office and put it under your desk. But oh, I but I took the rest of the week off. I didn't. Well, no. I did this on Friday. Oh, okay. I didn't want like your boss to be like, are they just goofing off? Like, is this who I've hired? Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, <laughs> Either way, the only reason I brought that up is because I swear to you, the only reason I got so weird last episode about it was I was like, dude, I think Saul has vision problems or his glasses no, I do have, severely warped. I do, have a, uh, I do have an issue where I cannot like measure things properly. Like like right now, I can tell you that, that that now that I know it, but I can tell you that the back thing where your uh, monitor is is like 14 inches tall. It's probably like 16 or 18 inches tall. I'd say that's two feet. So yeah, see, so I, I'm bad at measuring things like that at a distance. Too, at a it distance. makes it worse. Yeah. Either way, there you go. Uh, going back to this 7.50 thing, yeah, I don't know what kind of problems it could be causing. Here's one of the weird things about software like this is that when you do updates, you always have a chance of messing something up. If it is that small of a issue uh, in terms of a user base issue. It is at least good that it's that small, but no matter how small the user base on somebody who spends a lot of money on something with the intention of it lasting them for years, and then having something as simple as a, a required update yeah, it should make be your system do this, it does become a point where it doesn't matter how small the user base is, it's something that should be fixed for just a general use. And I'm almost curious, mm -hmm. is like, okay, so like, did this mess up my Let's Play stuff? I don't know. But now here's the real question. Well, did an update mess up my Blu-ray drive? Maybe since you had problems with that. Now, th that's the crazy thing is, and I'm not saying that it's not true. I, I don't know, but it is wild that I've never heard of one messing a Blu-ray up. So I would wonder. That is kind of weird because it would you would think that that would be a, a hardware issue and yeah. not a software, unless somehow but it the could software be the software is not letting it read correctly. Yeah. But I guess the, the real thing there is the only the real recourse that would have to come from this in terms of Sony being able to handle it 100, percent and that might be part of it. Is there may just be no way for Sony to fully know. Who can who actually had a system mess up because of the update? And it may be that they can't do much about it without opening the potential for people to abuse the system and then lose out on a lot of money for people just being like, well, my Blu-ray drive stopped working. Yeah. And it would have to be something to where you could send your console in, which is not ideal already. They'd have to be able to look and see if there's a coding thing that happens that lets them actually see where a, an error in the coding as it's supposed to be is happening that's stopping something from working. Well, that's uh, what their error code would be for. And if you could go through that, then you could... But, you know, things like a physical drive not working is not going to throw an error code. This um, is saying that there's error codes for it. Really? For the Blu-ray drive? Yes. Interesting. There's, okay, then, there's yeah. If there's two, an error code, then that, that would be it. One that starts with 30746 and one that's 42841. Actually, I guess there would be codes for... Uh, does your Blu-ray drive ever give you a code whenever it doesn't read no, the disc? No, it just, it just makes a, like a click sound and it says... Uh, like it, it'll, disc not supported, It'll even correct? sometimes pop up with like a white disc icon and I'll click on it and it'll say disc not supported. And yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Either way, it's interesting. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to look into it, but I do agree that if this is something that can be uh, addressed by Sony, it would be best for them to do so uh, because it kind of goes back to the conversation we've been talking about with PS5, right? Is... A lot of people are okay with the idea, at least as we've seen from our community, a lot of people are okay with the idea of getting a more expensive console, spending more money up front, mm -hmm. when they know that 
like El Tabib, uh, one of our friends and patrons, he says he's had he still has his launch model PlayStation and he still uses it and yeah. it works perfectly fine. So when you look at that as a four hundred dollar investment that's seven years later, you've clearly gotten four hundred dollars worth. But when you start getting into the situation of seeing something like this, it kind of makes you scared to spend, let's just say, a crazy I, – I, there's no way it's going to go higher than this. Let's just say $600, right? Why would you want to spend $600 on a PS5 if you were recently burned on the PS4? Yeah. It, that's the problem, and that's part of why I think dealing with uh, hardware failure and all sorts of stuff, it makes the technology business so hard because you're going to get people who are – burned by you even by something that's as simple as an actual normal failure rating that happens on tech and technically on any good yeah but tech it costs so much that when someone buys something that's two to four hundred dollars or a thousand dollars be it a phone and they take it out of the box and it doesn't work yeah or they've had it for a year and it stops working it makes people not trust that company even if it was something as simple as the actual let's say 2%, uh, whatever the margin of error is on technology, you know, let's say that overall the failure rating of PS4s is roughly 4%. Yeah. That's a really good failure rating for technology. I mean, that's because yeah. no matter what it you're might- going to have, it's kind of like how when you're dealing with PC parts, you can always get like, you can get a motherboard that's dead on arrival. Yeah. And you won't know until you, if you build it all together and you're like, well, like it you won't troubleshoot it. Yeah. <laughs> My thing is, is that it's all, it's all in relation to how much it costs. Something mm-hmm. like a $500 TV is a lot less in my mind to hate the company than something like a $1,000 phone. I won't yeah. get a Google phone for a while because of the way yeah. Google treated me. And I paid $1,200 out of pocket for that. Yeah. If I bought a Roku TV and within like two months it had a dead pixel or something on it or whatever. You should have like, paid $900 out of pocket, but that's still a lot of money. I'm just saying. The, the Pixel 2 XL was $1,200 at, lo- $1, at launch. No, it wasn't. You're sure. Absolutely positive. Me, me and Andy spent $2,000 on our two phones. I remember that. Okay, well, you got two phones and cases and a bunch of other stuff. We I'm, didn't get cases right. from the Google website. Well, I'm, I'm telling talking about you, our, Google, our Google. Yeah, I got you. But no, the, the first phone to break $1,000 was the iPhone uh, 10, And that was before the that was after the Google we'll came out. We found out because I, I remember it being much higher than that. Pretty sure it was $799 or $899. And I think that Annie got the, the normal Pixel, which I think was $799. So, Eight forty nine. There you go. It's the starting price for the sixty four. Yeah, and then the one hundred twenty eight was nine forty nine. I don't know. I don't think I got the one twenty eight. Yeah, I got the sixty four. I'm pretty sure you did as well. Either way, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. It, so the point doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. The amount doesn't matter. But yeah, failure ratings on stuff is weird. And you are right. For some reason, the higher it is, like if that LG in there messed up right when I got it. Oh yeah. You bet. You I, I never would be LG like, again. Well, I, it'd be hard because it's like they're the, one of the only people that make. Uh, OLEDs, and even right now, if I'd be like, well, I'm going to buy a Sony, it's still an LG panel, so you still risk the same thing. But it does it throws you off quicker. Mine goes into how well the company themselves treats you during that time. If you call them and say, hey, this this thing has a dead panel on it, and they're like, oh, sorry, or if they're like, we'll get you a new one, uh, we'll send you a box. And that process is, is, you know, annoying, but it works, then they took care of me. I mean, like, you know, when Xbox was doing their mail you a white box and you put your Xbox in it and they send it back. I actually mentioned that with this is that and at first that was not a free thing. They, the, the first, like, hundreds of thousands, I'm going to guess, hey, you had to pay for shipping and stuff on that. Mm-hmm. Then they, they fit it into a, a whole new warranty system. Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing. You're right, though. I do think it's it's amazing to me how often people will just immediately criticize a company. They won't even reach out to them. They'll be like, this this uh, PlayStation broke. I'm never buying a Sony product again. What did you call PlayStation? 
Did you ask them what's going on or if you have a warranty or if there's any recourse for you to get your money? Or did it break in a way that just happens with everything? Yeah. It's hard to say, but it's still a worry. So, Steve, I hope that your system's doing well and doesn't end up affecting you. I know that I would be in the same boat of you know, looking at it. For me, because I prefer to not do digital, I'd be in a very similar boat. I would be suddenly my PlayStation wouldn't matter so much because I wouldn't be able to play most of what I want to play or I'd be forced to switch to digital, which as an Amazon thing that recently has been happening where they've been selling people movies, but then removing their ability to watch the movie and never giving them any kind of money back or anything. There are problems that are still not ironed out from an all digital ecosystem. Not in gaming though. You, you rarely see that <clears throat> happen. But my gaming. point is across the board, regardless of rarely, or if it's even been seen yet, it still goes to show that, there are issues that can pop up because a lot of the time it has nothing to do with the person selling it. It has person to do has to do with the person who's licensing it, choosing well, yeah. to revoke licenses and weird stuff. So it does get weird. And of course, there's the factor of if we ever went to an all digital future, uh, you just lose games that you'll never get the ability unless they let you transfer licenses, which is a possibility. Yeah. But it's like the Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's gone forever. You can't buy it. Not saying it was an amazing game, but you can't get it from a digital store place anymore. So that means if you didn't play the game and you're on an, let's say that you were on the Xbox One S all digital and you were like, you know what? I kind of want to play that Spider-Man game. Guess what? <laughs> if it was only digital and you don't have, you don't have a disc player, you have no recourse to get it. Yeah. So that- it's, it's an issue. And it's, you, do you remember at the beginning of this generation, uh, when technically before the gen even started, when Xbox was saying that you'd be able to let people borrow your license for 48 hours or something like that. And that's how you'd be able to lend people your game. But after so long, it no, would go back to really. you. Uh, it was either, it was either something that they promised or it was something that they were saying they were looking into as a way to kind of look around. I think there was even a way for you to fully transfer your license, but you'd never be able to get it back. Like if you wanted to give a game to a friend, you could, but you can never get it back. I'd have to look more into it to remember exactly how it went, but it's funny that that never stuck around as an important aspect of what you could do with digital. Like that, that's actually a good thing. There was the Sony um, survey that went out where they were like, "Would you like the ability to trade in your license for a set amount of money on a game that you own digitally that you never intend to play again?" And I don't we, understand what that whole problem is, though. Of not like, why can't you not trade that game in? Me either. That's what I'm saying. And, like, and why has that, that not been brought back? We buy it. Yeah. Like that, that makes me think that, well, I think it's that you couldn't get that license back. So like if you gifted it to a friend, I don't know that they could gift it back to you. Or could you not buy it again from the store though? I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, early this gen, there was the problem of if you got a PlayStation plus game and then you stopped having PlayStation plus, you had you couldn't even buy the game to that's, keep playing. That's it. a fault on Sony. That's yeah, not no, a, no, that's, that's not what a I mean. licensing thing. But it, it goes to show of where these things are not thought about enough. Is well, what they I really fixed mean. it though. Yes, which is they did, the thing. Thankfully. Like, like uh, you can see more licensing problems across PC than you can on consoles because yeah. there's a lot of smaller games on there that get ripped Way off. Way more of, games. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of and games. PC is pretty much all digital. Yeah, uh, and and they they get ripped off there. Uh, one of like three major digital marketplaces. But like with console games, I write. I I think you'll rarely see like Spider Man. But can you name another big game like that, or like a, a heavy hard game? There's actually quite a bit. I mean, it depends on what you what you think about what. A lot of them are licensed titles. Uh, a fantastic game, actually, uh, Transformers. Um Fall of Cybertron and technically War of Cybertron, I think. Which are also, cool also as well. those are all last gen games. Uh, yeah, one with the port over. Play anyways on PS4. Yeah, uh, Deadpool was a cross gen game that happened on both of them. I don't remember that. Uh, game if cross-gen. I remember, uh, it, it, it may have been a remaster, but it wasn't called Deadpool Remastered. It was just called Deadpool. Yeah, uh, but Deadpool's one of them. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think, game is expired now. I think the Platinum. Um, 
not Transformers Devastation, though that actually may be gone as well. Uh, but the the Platinum made Legend of Korra game, I think, is pulled. It, it's not. So don't buy. I guess it comes down to don't buy crappy games that are based off video games or, or licensed games can stuff, be a problem. Yeah. But of course, that we we know that that has an effect anyway when you deal with which is this way older. But like we were just talking about with Crisis Core and Kingdom Hearts being one of them as yeah. well. Where licensed music is that's what why gets I said you. that seems like that should be a problem that should be easily fixed. I think it goes like I said, it goes to show that people aren't thinking about it enough, and yeah. that's weird because you think if your whole goal is to sell something and you know that a digital marketplace is one of the best ways to sell it definitely like right now i wonder if back then why would you not think about I, that i wonder if back then if they realized that digital marketplaces would be a thing if they would be able to avoid that problem yeah like preemptively prepare for it yeah uh, this is like technically a little news thing but um going into that it kind of goes like if you don't prepare kind of like sony not preparing for the ability to let you change your name they just wanted to get something up quickly as possible on psn so they did it, and it came back to bite them in the butt because it's like, well, we built it kind of poorly. We didn't yeah. build it with the ability to do that in mind. Um, the Warframe was talking about people have been wondering why there is no cross save because, of course, with the game being on Switch, it'd be great to play it on PC or on PC, and then PS4. Take a road trip and take a road trip, take it with you. Yeah. Uh, and they said, you know, they are interested in it and they want to do it, but right now the game has absolutely no coding in it at all that can support that feature. Yeah. So it's going to have to be built into the game very slowly because the game wasn't built with it. And in back mind. then, crossplay like, like cross wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And now it is. And I think now the, 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 the further we get down the road, the further more digital makes more sense. Is You have all these companies thinking of things like that cross-play and people mm-hmm. going all digital always and all these digital storefronts making safeguards against that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be weird. And then the long-run thing of seeing whether people come back to the idea of something that Sony ditched because there's no reason for them to do it anymore may come back with PS4, I guess. Uh, technically, I, I guess it is with like smart delivery. Um, but the idea that if you buy a game once, you own it on multiple systems. Yeah. Uh, that's something I expect people to start being really kind of like, why is that not the case? Like, why is it that when I buy a digital version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I can't play it on both my PS4 and my Xbox? There's real, there's real answers to that now, well, but I wonder if they're going to want those walls to be taken down later. I've, I've heard people say it. like Something special about that I think that people keep ragging on Xbox for, for smart delivery, specifically saying like, oh, PlayStation at first and it's cross-buy. I mean, yeah, they did. Well, smart delivery has been confirmed for for PS4. Yeah, and yeah. I think that like it's it's <clears throat> just because one place and person had it doesn't mean that it's still not a cool feature to have in a console. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that people realize like that's a kind of a of a cool that's a cool feature to have regardless of what system it's on. You buy a game a game. Say I buy a, a Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my Xbox uh, One X. Mm-hmm. I want to see what that game looks like when I have a Series X or yeah. a PS5 and I bought it on my PS4 and, and it's free. Yeah, why not? Like. I think people are undermining things. Now, the whole gameplay crap. That Now, I had a thought that I was like, what if... We'll what, save that. We'll get there. I had a thought, though. What if all this just looks so good we're mistaking it for CGI? <laughs> we'll uh, talk about what, that a little what bit. What kills me, though, is that... that, uh, that uh, what's it called? Infinite something. That game that, that looked like Crisis in the beginning that then went amazing. Oh, yes. We'll talk, that again, we'll talk that game, about that in That depth. game's out like now on Steam. Yeah. And like, there's gameplay that. Why? Like, and it, it kind of looks like what it was in the trailer. Which makes me think, was that, is that just really, really polished with no HUD? Or why do they not include the Steam gameplay? It's fine. Either we're going to go ahead and go get into the uh, very short notice, my bad. But thankfully, two of you came in clutch. I mean, like, literally, when we started recording, I posted this. We had no. Uh, we have two. My community's take is uh, was about the multiple endings in games. And I said, uh, you know, how do you feel about multiple ending games? Are there any of your favorites that come to mind over on 
Twitter, one of our, our new patrons, actually, Mr. Dennis, Kevin Bacon Bits, he says, I like multiple endings. Gives games more replay value for me. My favorite game series is Mass Effect, excluding Andromeda, and I enjoyed the way the games would play out. I also like the Dishonored games for having multiple endings. I am actually remiss that I did not bring up Dishonored, but I, I, have, a, I have a confession. I had multiple endings. I've never played either the Dishonored games, or technically there's three of them. I've never played any of the three more than once. Um, I know that sounds weird, but for that game, even though I think it would give more replayability, and if I ever go back and play Dishonored 2 again, I think I'd be Dishonored I would play twice. as the other character. Because the difference that Dishonored 2 has over Dishonored 1, more than just the endings, um, is not only are there different endings that can happen within one character's path, Dishonored 2 has a second playable character. So if I ever played again, I would play as Emily if I'm not mistaken, is her name. Um, and when if I did that, then I'd have not only a completely different play style, I'd have different events that take place because of it, and I'd have a different ending that takes place because yeah. of it. That's a good series to mention for that. Um, good shout-out. And another good series to mention that we did uh, in the episode, but Alice says Mass Effect ties in with the choices made throughout. Near... Ooh, ow. Chest hurt all of a sudden. Near Automata does it well. It works great in game when Morial choices like Infamous and Bioshock, but I don't like having to beat a game several times for endings that are only slightly different. Overall, mm-hmm. I like it when it's done well. I wouldn't say that all those endings are slightly different. I would say that those are pretty drastically different. I would say that the gameplay is slightly different, or slightly the same, with the exception of B. I would say, and I, he says Near Automata does it well. To be fair. Yeah. So he's not saying that Nier is one of the ones that needs this. Uh, but I do think when you look at a game, like let's take let's take Infamous for uh, an example, or Bioshock even. Bioshock really comes down to just the choices you make between what you want to do with the big daddies and the little sisters. <clears throat> so you replay the whole game, making just a different decision in gameplay that technically, or te- a different decision within the story, I guess. It does have a slight effect on gameplay. Uh, but ultimately, you're playing the exact same game to get a different ending. Um, yeah. Infamous is a little different because you're playing the exact same game, but because of the way Infamous works, you get locked out of good missions if you're if you're bad, and you get locked out of bad missions, excuse me, if you're good. So I guess what it comes down to there is that at least the game presents more opportunities for you to play new content you'd never played, but a lot of the times those games are just like, well, we're going to give you a different mission that's basically the same mission, but through the lens of you being evil instead of being the hero. Um, so it's a little weird, and it's kind of how I feel like, as much as I love Infamous, and I normally play them where I play the good ending and then immediately play the bad ending, just because I'm more familiar with the game, it does get a little tiring. Did Second Son have that? Yes. Okay. Was <clears throat> but it, it was done? the worst example of it. Because I was like, does it done well? No. Ouch. The whole morality system was bad in Second Son, in my opinion. Or at least bad in context of the Infamous series. Uh, but yeah, those are good ones as well. Uh, but that was my kind of big pl- complaint, too. I don't like when you have to beat a game several times for... I get, it, what he means, I, I don't think, is that the endings are slightly different in terms of their impact on the story. It's that the ending is normally the thing that changes. No, nothing else throughout the game. Yeah. Whereas the ending, obviously, of Infamous 2 is vastly different depending on if you go good or bad but that's kind of the only thing that changes besides a few missions that you do i actually think infamous 2 is one of the best examples of the morality system being used uh because the missions are probably the most different i've seen for you being good or bad does it say the same in second son 
Uh, pretty much. You just it, It's whether or not you do an evil version of the same mission. It's like, oh, you're going to go do this to be good. But if you just want to be a complete dick for no reason, that's why I hate the morality system. All the choices is just like be good because you want to be good or be bad because you want to be bad. Not like Infamous 2 where it's like do this because even though it's technically a like good thing, morally it also has – yeah. yeah. But then you go like, well, this may be bad, but it has a benefit that helps a certain group of people. So it's like you you can understand why someone makes a decision. Delson is just like, hey, you want to be an asshole because you are you feel Hurt. like well, because, yeah, because you feel like you're an outcast in your tribe. I guess that's about the only real back end reason as to why he'd choose to be a dick because he's he's like a misfit. He doesn't fit don't in. forgive us. Don't forget to give us your thoughts on why Brett's <laughs> wrong about Infamous Second Son. I actually think, oh, I'm sure, and I'd I'd love to hear it, but I'm pretty sure the majority of the infamous community, as much as they love the gameplay and the world of Second Son, most people feel like the story really slipped Why why hasn't that that game um, not, like, why have they made a collection of that series? I don't know, because I would gladly play Infamous 2 again. Would you pay $60 for Infamous 1, 2, and Second Son all in a bundle? Uh, No, because I already own Second Son. There's no reason to own it again. But... I'd pay forty dollars for Infamous One and Two, and actually, I'd play. I'd pay sixty dollars for Infamous One and Two in a bundle. Wow! But I'd think that it'd be more worth it at forty. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Anyway, thank you guys for a very short notice. I apologize for that. Uh, and we do have a community offered uh, com- uh, community state question that we'll get to at the end of this. Uh, so let you go through that uh, but we're going to go ahead and hop over into the news so thank you guys first thing that we're going to do actually before we get into the news is something i've been wanting to do for a little while every time i'm sitting down and compiling news together and kind of looking at things i think are cool and interesting there's normally at least one game that's pretty new and coming that's a, from a smaller team that didn't get a lot of uh, you know press and i'm always like that's kind of a cool looking game sometimes they're games that have been on pc for years and are just coming to console like this one um but I like it, so it's going to be just interesting game of the week. It's a real simple segment name, and we're going to use it to highlight smaller games uh, that we find interesting to help get more eyes on them. Uh, and I also, I actually want to offer that up to you. If you ever have a game that you think is really interesting that you want to highlight, uh, shoot it over to us on Discord or in a private message or on Twitter or anything, uh, and we'll pro- we'll take user-submitted ones and put them into this segment. Uh, so this week's is a game called Super Mash, and it's moving from PC to consoles, like I mentioned, uh, with a unique twist that the game is a game that makes games (laughs) so you choose two genres from a list of six 2d game genres the games randomly generate a game based on those parameters to give you a seemingly endless supply of fresh experiences so you can finally see what a shoot 'em up slash metroidvania looks like even though i have a feeling that that's probably been done before but the reason I chose those two in typing that was like, I don't know that I've ever seen a shoot 'em up Metroidvania because shoot 'em ups are typically like twin stick going through and doing all that. Could that really be done in a Metroidvania? I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think if I've seen that before. Because hmm. it's okay. If, like, if, my if, idea of like a shoot 'em up, right, is kind of like Helldivers. Yeah. And well, like, um, normally they're top down twin stick shooters. It's kind of what I view a shoot 'em up. Into the Gungeon. Yeah, sure. So when you're playing that, it's like, would, how would that be a Metroidvania? I mean, I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I'd like to see how someone would go about making that. Because would you keep the top-down style that is normal with a shoot 'em up and find a way to do levels? A lot of the time, Metroidvanias are either full 3D or 2D uh, yeah. or 2.5D, where it's like the way you go up and down is like legitimate up and down. If you're going to mm-hmm. go down, you physically go down. If you have a top-down camera, I guess you could use stairs to go up, but it's going to make keeping where you're at in the world a lot harder than a sideways or fully 3d realm. 
I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I, I know. Like I feel like I've seen a two D shoot 'em up before, but I don't think it's ever incorporated Metroidvania in it. And I can't think of even a two D shoot 'em up. Well, Other I guess two than- D would would that still be like top down shoot 'em up? So like classics, I guess, or two D. But it's just like no, like a side scrolling shoot 'em up. Two D. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. side scrolling. But, but I can't think yeah. of a um, can't think of one that would be a Metroidvania as well. I feel like I've seen them. Maybe I just never had an interest in playing them. Well, like, would you? I don't know why you would. I wouldn't. But would you consider like Mega Man or Mega Man's more level oriented? I don't. I don't consider. Oh, that's Metroidvania. But like Axiom Verge, are there guns in that? I never played it. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could see that one. And would that be considered? I wouldn't know. I would think that's where it would lose its shoot 'em up thing. Just like Mega Man would. Mega Man's not a shoot 'em up. More of a Metroidvania than a shoot 'em up. Hmm. You know, I haven't played it, but it does flip the camera angle, the exit, the, the Gungeon game that's coming out for Switch. Yeah, it's like where side. It's, it's side scroller 2D now, and it's, it's vertical. Up, yeah. It still looks like it's trying to keep its shoot 'em up elements. You know what would really, I would probably consider a shoot 'em up slash Metroidvania is if you gave me a game kind of like um, where you, you did, and, and that might be what Exit the Gungeon is, though I don't think it is, is uh, a game with that style of gameplay or essentially just Dead Cells, but instead of with weapons, all guns. It would just be lame. I feel like Dead Cells combat was really well. Yeah, and but could you do that with guns? No. I mean, the combat in Into the Gungeon was surprisingly. You got to think about it going from a or, going to a tight corridor uh, Metroidvania 2D game. Mm, guns wouldn't really work that well because you don't have things. Yeah, it's it's weird shooting in like, 2D games makes more sense or, than guns. Sorry, side scroller games. It's harder. I don't know. We'll see how that. We'll see if it ever ends up coming. If you know of a shoot 'em up Metroidvania, please tell me. I'd love to hear it and see it in action. Uh, okay, but going on into the news, less than a week after confirming a new release date, The Last of Us Part Two has gone gold. Uh, this came alongside a new and final trailer for the game that you can check out if you haven't yet. One of the things I find interesting about this is there was a lot of talk in the community of like. Are they using COVID to give them a, a an excuse to get a little bit more time out because they really needed to delay the game again? And I wasn't saying it's impossible. I mean, it's obviously technically just a conspiracy theory at that point. But the fact that they were able to go gold so quickly after giving it a date, which, again, the date from a lot of people's standpoint was a reaction to the leaks. So when you do it that way, it does seem like the game was just sitting and waiting, not going gold until it had to, just so they had extra time to just... Well, it overly polished. Realistically, it, it could have gone gold without the leaks at that point. So, like, it True. could have been either or. Still, yeah. I don't. I, like I said, I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think we will. Either. Unless, unless the whole rumored thing of it being an actual employee leaking stuff, which we've seen Sony kind of deny, but not really. No, Sony has has said it's somebody who doesn't work at Naughty Dog or Sony. Uh, so it could be. But we don't know if that's well, like. And would that come down to being? Would could you like if you were subcontracted by Sony? Would that technically be like a loophole? See, why that's, saying that? that's yeah. Like I don't want to get know. that. I don't know. Like that's yeah. the thing. It's like I, until we hear. Well, that's the day I'm excited for. I mean, I'm excited to hear from the person who leaked the game to figure out who it was and why they really did it. If we haven't even heard why Amy Hennig left, which there's reasons they they did like legal paperwork where neither of them can yeah, they, defame each other. Yeah, they, <laughs> they had her sign an NDA for that. For yeah. and that's never and them as well. They can't say anything about her. She can't say anything about them. And did they? I, I think they did the same thing for Bruce, didn't they? Um, no, no, no. Bruce left on. Uh, he he just took a sabbatical and ended up just staying okay. out. He but didn't leave on any kind of I'll, negative I'll terms you, that I'm aware. I'll of. I'll tell you right here, right now. If somebody leaves a company like that and they have to sign an NDA, 
that's a bad sign. That's that that means that they are scared that person is going to say something negative about the company to, to hit its image, and they want you to sign an NDA saying you cannot legally say that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, I've never seen an NDA used in a good way. That's not like like leaking stuff. It'll never happen without just like some really crazy journalistic work. And the further we get away from it, the harder it's going to be to kind of figure it out. Unless you start seeing people who have left Naughty Dog who are willing to off the record speak. I would love no- just because it's like one of those weird like. It's so shrouded in mystery yeah. that I would just love to know what happened. Yeah, like you just got to know. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's like I, I'm really curious about this because I've said it. I've said it last episode. Like this trailer, like it looks good. I'm just waiting the trailer for trailer re- was really. I'm good. waiting for reviews to see how they tell the story. Yeah. That's my big thing. Is like so you saw the leaks. I didn't. One of the things that Kiki said is nope, that the I, trailer showed things people, that were different than the leaks. Yeah, what they're it's just marketing. Like what what people and what people are saying is like, and I've I've looked into these comments because they're leaking it obviously they're saying like oh this could have happened because this and the trailer like dude they're framing the trailer to make it look like that it's not gonna happen well i was just curious in general because i mean clearly there have been games or movies even that uh mislead you in the trailers on purpose and i I feel Uh, like i feel like like we've they've done that this entire time with last of us too and that's kind of one of the reasons i was disappointed by the leaks Hmm. I feel like that, like it is because you was hoping you were hoping it would be that, but with a twist that was in not the direction not of the only lights. that, but like the, the the leaks are something so left field that's like they never mm-hmm. advertised it. Like people were saying, "Oh, you, this is false advertisement for a game." I'm not going to go that far because it's lame. Like it's not false advertisement when you throw a big curveball into something. And advertising for a game is hard too because it's like it's it's like advertising for a movie. Have you ever went and watched a movie and you're like, all the big moments were shown in the trailers? It's like, yeah. why would you do that? I think that this trailer was crafted really well to make sure that um that they could show you like, hey, this game still has potential even though like the leaks are there. But you got to think about it too. Naughty Dog knows that this game is not having good reception right now. They disabled both the likes and dislike bar and the comments on YouTube for the trailer. They know this this game's getting slammed. So what are they going to do? They're going to make a trailer framing it so that you think that the leaks could not be true. When in reality, the biggest of leaks that I have an issue with, I've seen videos of. It's not that I've seen somebody talking about it or I've read yeah. text. I've seen it like in-game proof that that happened. Yeah. So you're so you so there are people like oh that like the whole thing that I was mad about they're like that couldn't have happened because of this. No, I saw it in video. There's no way they went and changed that which would drastically also the story. I think in Kiki said it weeks, may also be a dream segment. I don't think that if Naughty Dog throws a dream segment at me, they've really gone to trash. I don't respect anything that I've ever seen as a dream segment that I, I can recall that was done well. Oh, I've seen some. I mean, but it depends on the kind of game you're doing, too. In the mist. Have you ever seen the mist? Yeah. You know when they all shoot themselves at the end? Imagine him waking up in the car. <laughs> Spoiler warning. <laughs> That's a, that movie's in 2005. If somebody hits it's me, actually a really good movie. It is. Uh, and I just spoiled one of the reasons why you should watch it. People hate that ending. I love that ending. I absolutely but if, loved if it. The dude woke it's dark. Up, but... If the dude woke up and was like, oh. And, they, and like he woke up to a knocking and they were all there and they were all alive, I would have immediately thrown that movie into the trash bin. I wouldn't do that, but it would have no. it, it would have it would have made the movie less good. Like you would have been immediately for, been like, ah, oh, now it's not as cool. As for it me, was. dream sequence reveals often come as a ending kind of thing. And my thing is, is that if I leave on an oh, ending that is yeah. bad, the, the entire experience is faltered at that point. The entire experience may not be bad. I guess I should say like a nightmare experience, like or something happens or something goes on to where it's not true. Yeah, or, or, but. I've seen them done in like mid game things to like make you think that you're seeing what's going to happen in the game. And then when the game actually gets there, it doesn't. Have you ever seen a rival? 
No, I know what you're talking. You about. need to 100%. watch that for y'all's movie podcast because that that does stuff, and I'm not gonna say it because you haven't seen it, but that does stuff in there that's dream sequences that are done really well. Okay, um, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in the long run. But uh, last, I, I guess the last question I have in that that would come to mind is: I wonder how long this trailer's actually been made, or if it was made in a very short time to specifically combat the leaks. Because I could see it. I would, but s- trailers normally take a long while to cut together. Uh, because of what you're trying to do, you're you're trying to filter through and make a narrative. More, more, but... more, more crunch time for Daddy Neil. <laughs> had to get him in there, and make that trailer. All right, moving on. To the next thing, uh, in a strange move, the PSN has been suspended in China as of the morning that we are recording this. So Mother's Day, uh, no expected date or time of return uh, of service was given, with the only reason for the suspension being to carry out a quote security upgrade. This hasn't affected PSN anywhere else, and Daniel Ahmad, better known as Zug EX, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, he's a senior analyst covering the Asian territories. He mentions that the suspension happened shortly after a Weibo, Weibo, I don't know what that site is, but apparently a user claimed to report to the Chinese authorities about, quote, backdoor elements that are easily accessible to switch to overseas services. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either, but... China is very weird on a lot of the stuff. When you go through gaming there, there's a lot of loops that had to be crossed through. Um, one of the overarching story elements of Final Fantasy 15 that was originally meant to be in there had to be changed because they wanted the game to release in China. So they, instead of just changing it in China, it just changed the whole game. So uh, this website is like a blogging website. I had a feeling it would be like a blog or a, um, something like 4chan, you know, where it's kind of like that people is, just that, going that, on and that is not a blogging stuff. website. Well, I, I'm not saying it's a blog, but it's like a forum. Yeah, right? I guess so. Yeah, kind so of. Those words mean a lot less than they used to because it's like everything blurs between what it is and it's like you know how the easiest thing to describe Reddit is? It's a forum with every forum board imaginable. True. It's like it's a forum of forums. Yeah, it's weird. Hmm. I had to explain to people what Reddit is. I'm like, it's a website where you can go and get news, but you can also find subreddits. You too. can get news. You can get nudes. You can get yeah. whatever you're into. Yeah. Um, anyway, next thing up, and this is coming back around to what Saul was talking about earlier, uh, Microsoft's Xbox Series X third-party games blowout that they did on Inside Xbox happened, revealing a ton of new games with new trailers for some known games. Uh, we've gotten confirmation on some of them that will they will indeed be coming to PlayStation and or PC, uh, like Bandai Namco's Scarlet Nexus, Codemasters Dirt 5, which weirdly brings Troy Baker and Nolan North together again for its story. Give other people acting roles. That was That's the one problem I'm starting to see now. It's like, I, don't get me wrong. Do I like both of them? Yes, they're sure. amazing. But there are better people. Or not saying not better, but there, there are different there people. There are different people out there to give these jobs to. Perfect example, right? Near the original Near, I always talk about how Laura Bailey, who is a fantastic voice yeah. actress, she is in that game. That's a very early role for her. No one knew who she was in that game, yeah. but she's fantastic. And, that, and when you extend that up to Near Automata, when you look at the people who did, uh, when you look at the, the two that did 9S and 2B, they're fantastic. And I mean, I. If you only, like, let's say Nier Tomlin was getting made, and they were like, we're going to do Troy Baker as 9S. Oh, and man. I, Laura Bailey as. It, it gets to be this point where you get tired of hearing the same people unless you're a really talented voice actor. And there are some. But I'd say more than anything, one of the problems I have with voice acting in the game industry like this is very similar to voice acting in animation in that there's only a few people that do it. And a lot of the times, I wouldn't consider them voice actors in the more traditional sense they're voice actors in that they do long hours of strenuous work on their voice yeah. to, to do voice act, and it does take a toll on you but i think about people like 
when you look back at old cartoons, when you had people, one guy who would do 20 voices and you could not tell it was the same guy across all 20 voices. Now, Troy Baker, I'll give him his credit. He occasionally can pull off a voice. Like Joel does not sound like him at all, but most Troy Baker characters sound like Troy Baker. Southern twang to them. They just sound like Troy Baker. And that's Yuri, and Yuri Lowenthal. Nolan North is very similar. I had to look up his last name. Yuri Lowenthal, who did Spider-Man. Yes. And then did Spider-Man for PS4. Fantastic voice actor. Get him on stuff like this. Like, like there are better. I mean, there are other options. Than but Troy I also Baker. go towards. I want somebody who's going to give me a real performance out of it. And that's, out of a racing game. Huh? If you're gonna put a story in a racing game, yes. I just feel like if I if, okay, look, if I could say this, it's like you know how I talk about Need for Speed, right? Yeah. And I like that the story is there because it gives you a reason. Sometimes gameplay, even when it's good, gets to a point where if you've done it a lot in a very short time. You want something else to but go, so like are having that story purpose. helps you go a little bit more. Like, well, now I have a, an extra reason. But there can't be on purpose. Yeah. you don't need some um, Oscar-winning voice actor. I don't think either no, one of them have Oscars. No, I don't mean still. Oscar, but I mean a performance in the sense of when you're playing it, it doesn't feel like people just saying. Lines, well, see, you just said something I happens. disagree with because there are people that can hit that same performance without being them too. Oh, I don't mean them to. I don't want them to. What are you? But you were saying that if I, but but if they're in there. Uh, and, and you want to perform it? Oh no! I'm not talking about, I'm talking about from anybody. Game. I want yeah. something that's a good I, voice actor, but it doesn't have to be yeah. these two always. It gets the pro- and there's of course there's enough work in the industry, but part of the problem it's kind of like when you're getting into the job market, right? Because yes. technically, that's what this is. It's like, well, we want voice actors, but we want voice actors who have worked before. And if you haven't worked before, here's an entry level position that needs five years of experience. Exactly. So the the problem that you end up having there is that in the industry, just like in movies, you have a at least on the bigger scale, you have a very small group of actors that are going. <laughs> I keep looking at one game in here. I keep laughing at. It. I like Troy Baker and Nolan North a lot, especially Troy Baker. He's a cool dude. I mean, I like Nolan North. He's a cool too. Yeah, I mean, they both are. <laughs> uh, specifically, though, I've watched lots and lots of videos on Troy Baker. I but, haven't, but I mean, he he seems fine. He, he he used to go on the um, Game Over Greggy podcast a lot, and I yeah. watched every episode he's been on. When they came out, you know, way back when. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another game in here though, Deep Silver's Chorus that we were talking about. One of my favorite YouTubers, his name's Prod. I've talked about him briefly before. He does like yeah. Dark Souls stuff. Yeah, you've told me about him. He was watching the live reveal of this, and of course they had to go with a uh, a spelling of chorus where the U at the end or whatever is is like a V, and and he says, "What is chorves?" <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I it, when it, when people very first started doing it, like the first couple times I saw an A being a V or like a U being a V, I was like, that's okay. And like I was like, Paris, it's kind of interesting. When that man Paris did, I used to call him Purvis. Dude, I was like, I guess that's thing. how you say their name. Yeah, and I know it's not right. Even when I look at it, I'm like, why does my brain say Purvis? It's yeah. like the, the A-V is technically before the R. Why would I be putting the V after the R? But it's just my brain looks at it. It's like, I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to say Purvis. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've never understood that, man. Too many people do it now. Oh, I was saying, when, when, like, when they did it, it was cool. I was like, that's interesting. Now it's like you see that everywhere. I saw it everywhere before Paris came I out. I never saw anybody did that before yeah. then. Uh, there's a YouTube channel and gamers that's been out for a long time that has their a being a v i mean it's one of those things it's like when people put a three for an e people been doing it for a long that's time that's emo life back in the <laughs> uh back in 2008 also used for like cyberpunk and tech stuff where it's like we're gonna do an e here because it's like oh look remember we're talking about computers and sci-fi Le- <laughs> but uh yeah 
of the games shown, uh, they were really cool. There's a couple of them that are currently only slated for a Series X with no information as to where they're going to go more. And the game he was talking about earlier, which is called Bright Memory Infinite, looks super cool. Every game they showed except for looks the Bloodlines really game, because I didn't really care for the. I never played the first I, one. I like the idea, but I've never played the first one. And to me, it didn't show enough about what that game is supposed to actually exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. But every game they showed, I was like, man, these are all really cool games. Yeah. Are we, where, where's the gameplay at? So here was the big thing here uh to tie back to what you're talking about of naughty dog turning off likes and all the stuff for their uh, their video they for, yoinked theirs they, completely they off. just pulled the video completely now uh, i'm curious if microsoft is going to make the 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 correct way here make a new th- make a do a brand new stream and have gameplay of these games or even gameplay of some games i don't know here's the thing to me i don't get why you take it down because you've already taken the you can't not take the abuse on the chin you're, even if you pull the video people are still going to be like remember that time that microsoft did this Roll with it and go, hey, look, we're going to leave it up because what we still believe that what we showed was good. But we And they've been doing this part. We understand that we built wrong expectations. I will say, though, some and, of those games did have real gameplay in them. Yes. But, what, what's, what, but what, they were interspersed so weirdly. Well, not even that, but like we talked about it with Death Stranding on E3 reveal one time where like we saw De- – uh, and you're like, oh, we can gameplay. I'm like, that's gameplay. It's just not from how we're going to play the game. Yes. It's like it's like swooping out motions of like – like you can tell that's a character-controlled person moving right there, but you don't see the HUD. You don't see the combat from their perspective. Like, and it's normally a short stretch of gameplay. Yeah, like not even like when I say short, I mean like three to five seconds. Yeah. And, and I, you're like, well, that's not real gameplay. I want to see what the moment to moment thing I is think like. now though, that, that companies have been doing this and we've not really been paying that much attention until there's an event where it's all about quote unquote gameplay. And we don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so I think now this is going to become a problem. Like exclusive, the name exclusive is a problem. There is no real, meaning for exclusive anymore like literally and you have microsoft come out with a console exclusive like yeah i guess that's an exclusive to the console but if it's on pc is it really an exclusive like overall is it that's not an exclusive anymore then you have spider-man come out that's an exclusive because that's only on playstation yeah or if you have like uh i was gonna say halo but halo's on pc now um a lot of their stuff is but like i think that's one of their things that they just need to give up is they don't make true exclusives for the most part anymore. All their first party games are on PC. Make mm. up a new word for this. Just call it an Xbox exclusive or That's what I would probably yeah, call it. Don't, and don't, because it's still Xbox on PC. Yeah, I mean, and, and just don't say like uh, what what is their new coined exclusive word um they've used before. Um I don't know. I just always think back to the Xbox events world where, exclusive or something because it's <laughs> world, like world, world premiere. It's world premiere and there's a there's an exclusive word they use. Um I thought I might be wrong. Every time I, I always hate that. It's what I didn't like about the Game Awards either. It's like every time they show something, it's like World Premiere. Speaking of Game Awards, console exclusive. Anyway, uh, technically one of the things that we can go, that goes into that is the next news piece, which is uh, from the announcement that we had last week. Of course, with this uh, inside Xbox thing, we saw more footage, and this time in-game footage from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we did not see the first time. It was right. all CGI. Um, now this one is weird because it did not again show outright gameplay capture it was more like even if you saw things that were clearly in game and going on it had camera swoops that wouldn't actually be what you'd be playing as even if maybe the action was in real time it was stylized to fit into a trailer like situation and you never saw more than three seconds of consecutive footage really yeah Uh, and the problem that i I think that comes into it's like when you start to say gameplay and i know i'm excuse me i am um I fall victim to the same thing where it's just where my mentality goes. Uh, early on in this, uh, Blake was mentioning people are already uh, upset about the Xbox reveal event. I hadn't watched it at the time, 
So I was like, I'm going to have to watch it later and see why people are upset. And he goes, well, just go check the Discord. People are talking about it in there. I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. And people were like, they didn't show any gameplay. I said, well, that's fair because if I'm remembering correctly, they kept saying gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. And then I went back and looked. The tweet that happened like not even an hour before the event said, get ready to see Xbox Series X gameplay. I'm like, again, what happens is I think, and it may be for me because, again, we exist more within a Sony bubble than than. I mean, of course, we exist throughout them all, but I do see more things through Sony's lens, and I think Sony has done a lot right with 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 announcing games. I think they've done wrong on when they have announced games. They've done a really poor job of announcing them way too early. But when they announce games, I liked that the first time we saw Days Gone. Of course, it was a trailer, but then at the end of that, as weird as it felt, I actually really enjoyed that we got to see real gameplay. Even though yeah. it was really early gameplay, it's like, well, I at least see what the game is supposed that's, to be like. That's one of the only games they've done that for, though. Uh, God of War, the first time we heard about it was a full-on playthrough of a section. They've done a lot of, hey, we're going to just go a playthrough of a section. Last year at E3, they were like, you know what? When we say gameplay, now, of course, they screwed up with Death Stranding. But, Death but we got Last, Last of, of Us, us? who got gameplay, an extended... Uh, Hey, we're going to just show you a, 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 a at length gameplay. Now, of course, they do the thing where you're talking about uh, that you wondered if that's what they did with Bright Memory, where it's like they kill the hug, the hug yeah. to make it look more cinematic, which they do. Honestly, but it's clearly a long stretch of gameplay, and you can tell it's being controlled by a person. Well, uh, Bright Memory is the one that gets me the most because that game doesn't look natural as it is. Like, I mean, not in a bad way at all. It just looks like this is a very weird game, almost too original. smooth. Too. Yeah, uh, and, and I've watched I've watched gameplay on. PC, and I'm like, you know, they could have really done this on Xbox, but I don't know. Like, that could be what we saw of, of that game. That could have actually sure. been gameplay. I don't know. Um, what's weird, though, is that Microsoft never came out and said, like, hey, you know, we're sorry for this, or hey, you know, mm-hmm. we, y'all are wrong. This is gameplay in these games. But they they te- did come out and say, Aaron Greenberg, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he came out and said, that they feel like they built wrong expectations. And this is what I should say. Headlines, which is a problem in games industry anyway, yeah. headlines are what killed them, including their own headlines. The problem is, is that when you want to market something, you want to do it quick and with an effective word. So if you go, tune in for Xbox Series X gameplay and on we, this date. And, and we got gameplay. It wasn't as much as everybody yeah. intended. So the problem is everybody expects it to be full of gameplay, chock full. Now, if you go through and look, Every time they talk about it, if you go through and read through the article, you start to see where they're like, see gameplay trailers and, and reveals. And it's like, ah, you told us what it was in the article. And, and I the agree headline, that you should. Yeah. You should do it to where people are. People should always read articles if possible. Yeah. But the problem is, is that a lot of people have busy lives. They just look and they see a headline. And they go, oh, sweet. We're going to see Series X gameplay. Oh, By, Scorn looks really cool too. I got to cut Scorn it. Scorn does look cool. That, um, I thought the game was an alien game. I was like, yeah. oh, is that Alien Isolation 2 or something with Prometheus stuff thrown in there? No, just yeah. horny, horny looking alien things. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know that we'll come back and see because ultimately. Some people were like, it wasn't up to Xbox for what they showed. I was like, no, it's not up to Xbox to what the developers show. They can't say, hey, we want you to do this. They're just saying, hey, do you want to show something about your game during our event? The developer says yes. But they knew before they did it what they were doing, and they never changed, They never decided to change their messaging. It makes you... All you had to do was come out and say, hey, we wanted to... Before we launched this, we wanted to kind of give everybody a heads up. This is less gameplay than you may have anticipated based off of the way that we were wording this. We built wrong expectations on accident, but we wanted to come out ahead of it and go ahead and tell you that be careful going into this. There will be gameplay, but not as much as you may have wanted. Yeah. And there's no way to completely, that's the thing about marketing that sucks. There's no way to completely take this and have it flip to the good. I do think it was a good showcase. 
Their only problem is that they shot themselves in the foot with their messaging. Yeah. That's it. There was no other problem with it, at least that I had. It was all like, these are a lot of really cool games. They're third party for the most part. Uh, so very few of them are full-on exclusives. So that's it. In terms of me watching it, it was just kind of like, cool. I'll get to experience on the, this on my console of choice. But even for the ones that are at least currently console exclusive, like Bright Memory, um, cool. That's fine. I get to see something cool, and it gives me a reason to potentially want to play my Xbox when these yeah. games come out. Um but it's going to be a, a weird thing. Uh, going on and finishing up the Assassin's Creed Valhalla news, though, uh, one of the things that was confirmed is that the game would not be as big as Odyssey nor as long, with one of the heads of communication saying, quote, they addressed criticism on this one, end quote. Uh, and I have a feeling that's likely referring to Odyssey in being a very large game, and we've talked about it at length, so I don't want to go too much further. But all I'll say is that this does, uh, being the team that made Origins, a game that I much preferred to Odyssey, and being a game that's not worried about being massive and pulling you in that direction of do everything. I have a feeling I actually will like this game more, and I'm way more likely to give it a try at launch now than I was. Origins is on sale on PlayStation right now for $14. Origins is really good. I'd get it if I were you. Uh, I had a good time with it. I mean, I, I played through and beat it without playing anything else. It was able to keep my attention, hmm. and that's all I wanted. Odyssey would lose my attention because I just felt overwhelmed yeah not overwhelmed but just felt like it didn't respect my time in the same way as origin so it's good to see and i mean this in the best way that's part of why i like yearly series or at least now thankfully um bi-yearly series with assassin's creed i like that they let more than one team make these because it does help with that thing of like just because i didn't care for odyssey as much as i hoped doesn't mean the next one's not going to get me because now yeah. I look and go, it's, it's like what's happening with Call of Duty. You look and go, well, I've never really cared for too much of the Treyarch stuff. Like, it's okay, but, but I liked Infinity Ward or I like Sledgehammers. Like, you get to choose which developer you think is the kind of the better one. And worst case scenario, if, let's say, in this case, uh, Odyssey makes a great game, the, the Odyssey team, rather, makes a great game down the road, great. That's yeah. a good thing for me. But right now, they just missed. They just kind of miss for me, and yeah. that's fine. So we'll see what happens. I am actually, as crazy as it sounds, that Gods and Monsters game uh, that the Odyssey team is making that's very similar to Odyssey but more Greek mythology involved. Yeah. It looks interesting. My fear was that it's going to be similar, but I hope it's not. And if that game is great, then the next game they make, I may do. But it just depends, you know. We'll, we'll see. We'll get time. Figure it out. Uh, next thing up. Capcom announced that it is through its third year of record profits due to its strong IP performance. Monster Hunter World continues to exceed as its somewhat service-based game with Iceborne hitting 5 million units sold uh, with the base game reaching 15 million units sold. So that is still their best-selling game ever. Uh, while catalog titles like Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5 continue to see healthy sales rather far from their original release, which is interesting. Along, a lot of the times you look at a game's release and then the tail kind of sputters out and the the sales are pretty weak, but both of those games have continued to sell well as their prices continue to come down. Good for them. Uh, this is, of course, not accounting for the likely strong performance of Resident Evil 3 as it released outside of the fiscal year. Um, so we will see what that is like whenever they go to report probably the first quarter of this fiscal year and uh, see how well that game did. But they project that their numbers are going to be even better. So I'm assuming from that information, Resident Evil 3 probably is doing perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Uh, next up, 
Having been years since Ubisoft has attempted a full-scale Prince of Persia game, they might be looking to, in the near future, if a domain registered by the company is anything to go off of. So PrinceofPersia6.com was registered recently, much like the domain for Assassin's Creed Valhalla was registered just hours before the game's reveal. This could be uh, registration just for the safekeeping of the, the domain, which does happen, or it could be due to a rather specific nature uh, because of the, the nature of the domain. It's very weird that it's specifically Prince of Persia 6. Do you know why this this got ha- this happened? No. Did you see I'm it? assuming someone was probably trying to create something. Did you see the video? No, I didn't. Okay, so uh, it's been on YouTube for eight years. Oh, people yes. people just that. now saw the target audience, which means it is a video that looks like gameplay, but it is compromised and nothing but CGI mm-hmm. uh, for pr- a, an untitled Prince of Persia game. Actually, it's not untitled. It's like Prince of Persia. Uh, Are you sure that no one's ever seen this? This is a more of a curiosity. There's a Prince of Persia game that got leaked by the developer that never fully went through uh, that looked really good. Well, um, I'll, I'll say that every news article that I read about this was acting that, like it never been. Yeah, seen. That they were they were saying that this is this is a game that's been on YouTube that's never been talked about, and I never I'm have heard of or seen this. Um, Prince of Persia Redemption. Yes, I was going to say I thought it was Sands of Redemption. I will tell you if this is the one that I know about because I did see this. Uh, the, the, I don't know if this guy actually had the trailer in it or not though. But this is. Um, oh come on! Don't do this for me. This is one of those that like it looks really cool. The character looks really cool, and I don't think it was Dastan or Das Dastan. Das, what's his name? Das Dastan. Oh, Dastan. Dastan. I don't think that, that was actual name in the games, though. Why not? I'm just saying that I'm pretty sure that that wasn't. Where is this footage? This at? one right here. There we go. I will see if it's the one I think. I don't know. If I see, and like, no, that doesn't look like this the, only one. the has... one I was looking at was a uh, 2D. Uh, oh yeah, no. This that is was some years ago that the company didn't end up getting to make, but they put they included on their site as part of their work that they had done because they still get to lay claim to what they had done. Yeah, and this and the way that this was is that this looks like it is um, like you can do weird things with sand or something or like their emblem or not their emblem but their body so that you can fight them. Dude, that looks dope. Well, it's it's a CGI, so keep that in mind. It's yeah, I mean, but too. I love the ideas. Um, and this this started to come about, and I think that see, this was eight years ago. That this video was so. A thing. Here's the thing: has this has anybody looked in and actually been able to find if this is real footage from a company that was making it, or is there a chance that this is some kind of fan made CGI thing of what people wanted to see? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think that's entirely too impressive for a video that happened in 2012 yeah. to be fan made. Yeah, that is not fan made in 2012 unless somebody spent from the the release of Sands of Time until then making this by themselves. Who knows? Um, that's pretty interesting. But that's I, that's what I think. That I think that's why they registered that domain. They they they, they they wanted to do that because they see that now that people are talking about this video and are excited for it. I don't think we'll ever get another Prince Persia with Assassin's Creed being a thing. Oh, I, I think we will, but because here's the thing. Uh, I can't remember who it was at Ubisoft, but there are people at Ubisoft who have been talking about that they uh, have been looking. To, it may have been Yves Gilmo. Uh, he was talking about, or whoever it was, uh, was mentioning that they've been wanting to do another Prince of Persia, but the reason they haven't been able to is because of actual resources. They do not have enough Well, everybody's teams. on Assassin's Creed. That's exactly. I mean. yeah, they have like, too many teams on on too many different products that were have been more successful. But here's the problem with Rainbow Six kind of dropping recently, and the division not doing as well as they were Is hoping Rainbow for. Rainbow Six dropping? Uh, well, Rainbow, well, Rainbow Six uh, Breakpoint did not do very well at all. 
Uh, Ghost uh, Recon's. Yeah, sorry, Ghost Recon. I'm glad <laughs> I was like, you said that. Wait a second, that. Recon. They're, is... they're both Tom Clancy's. That's what I meant. Last time I heard, Rainbow Six got a big update. That's yes, Rainbow playing. Six is doing well. I apologize. Speaking of which, Rainbow Six Siege hit PS Now. I meant to include those games on there. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, The Evil Within Two, and something else. I forgot about those. We did. We did that last week. No, this is from this week. Are you sure? Positive. What was what were we talking about with Rainbow with uh, Evil Within Two then? I don't know. Uh, I thought that's what we talked about. But either way, um, what I was getting at is the creator for Prince of Persia, the original one who actually apparently still kind of holds some kind of rights to it. I don't know exactly. But the guy who made the original and uh, helped kind of oversee the development of the original Sands of Time, um, he's been wanting to make a new one or get a new one made, regardless of whether he's heavily involved. He's just been wanting to see a new one. And so is Ease, but they've been talking about the resources being strained. But I think it's that the resources are strained versus what they think the potential for the product is. Because if you if you had enough resources, if you had a team that you could say, hey, we're going to dedicate this team to make this game, and you knew that you could constrain the budget correctly to handle the game, you could still make a new Prince of Persia. It's just, is it worth it? When you have another series and a team that could work on that series that has a chance of making double the money that Prince of Persia would have made. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where they're at. I think that they're interested in it, but I think there's a lot of stuff going on right now that would lead them. That's definitely one. They may have seen that and been like, you know what? This stuff happened. It looks like there's a lot of talk about Prince of Persia. Maybe it's time to come back with it. Because you got to think, the last time we saw Prince of Persia was The Forgotten Sands, which I think was 2010. Wasn't it? Uh, oh. 2008 was the reboot. So 2010 was The Forgotten Sands. And it was. I forgot that game. <laughs> a sequel to the originals. Uh, to the, not the originals. It was a sequel to the Sands of Time trilogy. Uh, Warrior Within. What was the last mm-hmm. one called? Revelations? No. That was the PSP remake of two. Uh, that was a PSP remake of Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Revelations. Right, not, not a remake, but that's a guess. That is, yeah. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, Prince of Persia Revelations was the... Uh, so there's Prince of Persia Revelations and, and Assassin's Creed Revelations? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what is that third game called? Because it was terrible. Yeah. I got, I got, I think I told you this before, but like it locked me out and I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I never played it. Um, they, so they had it so like where your sand used your health. The when twin, you were The Twin Princes. Twin Thrones, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, like they had a thing like where you're trying to reverse sand time, and it's Dark Prince. You do that, but you do it with your health cost. Two well, Thrones. At this point in the game, like I was getting knocked off a ledge, and I could rewind time, but it rewind time to like put me right in front of that enemy and and kill me. Like I was in a loop, yeah, an endless loop, and I couldn't get out of it. That's the problem with that gameplay mechanic. It's not going to be perfect. <laughs> no. That's one of those, uh, like a JRPG, save and save often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't mess up if you can. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, okay, let's see. Next thing up, uh, after strong performance of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, EA have confirmed that it is but the first title in an entirely new franchise, with Respawn likely hard at work on a follow-up. With EA Play happening digitally on June 11th, which is my birthday shout-out. It's why I used to love E3. It's like normally at least one of the E3 things I would care about would fall on my birthday, and it was always like, yay, a weird birthday present. Um, but it is possible, though not entirely likely, I don't really think, that we see or at least hear of the game's existence at that event. The reason I say possible that we hear about it is, do you remember before, a year before we ever saw Fallen Order, they had Andrea Renee go out in the crowd yeah. and sit with him and be like, so you're making a Star Wars game? And he's like, okay, yeah, here it is. Uh, it's, it's titled Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's all we got. And that's all we got. Yeah. It's possible that that happens here. 
That's all we know. So either way, it's clear that EA are happy with the title because if you still own the game or uh, recently picked it up, having Star Wars Day be the drop date for the new game plus mode as well as other new content for the game clearly was a big deal. Uh, and, you know, so, there's two things about this that make me interesting. Did yeah. you see the rumor? And that's I, I'll go ahead and talk about it, but I wasn't going to put it as a thing. There's a rumor going on that BioWare is creating Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 3. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe it either. They can't. But let's just say that can they, they... Yeah, they can. Totally. How? They don't have the rights to that anymore. EA has the rights to it. EA has I the rights to make EA's all... Bioware. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so here's a, there's a number of things going on um, with this. Is First and foremost, even if this is something they want to keep going for a while, they're going to have to go and move on this pretty quickly because right now, unless it gets renewed, their licensing for uh, Star Wars games that they have exclusive rights for is ending in 2023. Wow. So let's just say that it takes them two years to make another Jedi Fallen Order. We may see it late 2021. That's not that bad. And they may be able to squeeze one more title out if that one does well by the end of 2023, right? Now, if you look on the other side of that, you have rumored stuff going on with Knights of the Old Republic 3. Then you also have the idea, the other team that, at least as we've seen so far, the team that took over for Visceral when it closed, that Star Wars game is apparently still being made, unless I'm just wrong and missed it being canceled or forgetting. Um, but that means you have a lot of Star Wars games in the works. But it's kind of weird to want to do too much of that when they may be losing the license soon. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. And, and something, honestly, for me was... Uh, and I guess the real question is, before I just forget, sorry, uh, but who holds on to the rights of these games? Let's say Fallen Order does really well, right? Yeah. And even after EA potentially loses the thing, does EA keep the rights to the Fallen Order series or does it go with the licensing rights? So if they say, not that it's going to happen, but let's say Activision gets the next 10-year exclusivity deal, do they get to make a new Fallen Order? Don't forget about Battlefront 2, by the way. Yeah. Well, Battlefront 2 is already out. Well, no, but you're listening to all, of all the EA stuff, Battle yeah, Star sure. Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know, does it? I don't know. That's actually something that I'm just unsure of. So I had that problem with Fallen Order when it first came out. I was like, I'm not going to play this game for a long while. Because yes, I do remember that. The, the dumb issues that I had with that game. And now it seemingly is fixed. And I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting, but it didn't have the story beat that I wanted of you learning to become a Jedi. It was that you had already started out and you had been a Jedi for like 10 years at this point. So if I can, it's not a crazy spoiler. Okay. But you do have, flat, part of what's happening is like, your mind is like force blocked a little bit okay. on purpose. Well, then try stop, stop there then. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you do get to at least experience some, I should okay. say that. Well, I did some as a kid, like in a flashback or mm-hmm. whatever. Is that what you're talking about? There's a lot of those. Okay. Um, and then there's actually but I was a full hoping, on. I was hoping it'd be more of the entire, like the entire, um, uh, wow. I, I think I just guessed the entirety of the, of the game right there. When you said that, based off of that, I'm almost, I almost guarantee I'm right. Um, we can talk about it afterwards. We will. Um, my thing is though, is that like I was really hoping that you would be like training to be a Jedi. You're not, you're nobody who then becomes a strong Jedi, and in a series of training and leading up to all of this. My thing though is, is that you weren't, and I, I kind of thought that that was a missed story plot because we haven't had a Star Wars game like that since. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, For, uh, yeah. <laughs> How am I forgetting the Force Unleashed? Not only that, but um, like a true Star Wars game of that nature that I'm thinking of. It's like Jedi... Uh, Academy? Aca- Academy, but there's the other one. Um, Outcast. Jedi Outcast. 
Oh, I never played Outcast, um, so I do know what you're talking about. So, like, my thing is, is that and maybe I am thinking of Academy. They're just two games that I get mixed up in my head. But yeah, that kind of disappointed me on top of the glitches and stuff that I had now that are fixed. And now that I got new game plus mode. I may go back here and play this sometime soon. I do think you'll because, enjoy it. I don't think that. I mean, much like me, I don't think you'll just love it, love it. Yeah, but like, I think like oh my god! It. But I think you'll really like it. And like by the time you're done, be like that was good. Like that was just. And the thing is, like I haven't felt that way about a Star Wars game in a long time. Yeah. So it's like it was. It, it was overly refreshing that by the time it ended, I was like, that was just good, man. Like, that's exactly what I need. More of this, but refine it some more. And I already know, like, the last, maybe not the last boss, but I already know that somebody's in there, which is why I think I just guessed the whole thing. Which is talking. another problem yeah. uh, of marketing. It is. Marketing can be a bastard. That's yep. <laughs> our one PG, <laughs> whatever. Now, All this right. next one, I want to rub it in so many people's faces. Okay. Well, you want to read it off? You can read it off. Okay. Last thing that we're going to talk about here is this year sees the Summer Games Fest coming under the Game Awards umbrella with host Jeff Keighley being part of some of the events uh, spanning from May all the way to August and meant to replace the lack of an E3 this year. The events kick off with the aforementioned Inside Xbox that we uh, talked about, uh, but they continue with a surprise game reveal that happens on May 12th, which is the day after this episode goes live, so you'll soon be learning what this is. Um, And... There is a calendar for the currently confirmed events over on summergamesfest.com or gamefest, sorry, summergamefest.com. So check it out to stay up to date. Uh, and it looks like some of them will be continued to be added as they are con- completely confirmed. Now, one of the things I wanted to bring up here is that this is not surprising to see at all. If you remember early this year when E3 uh, was still going to be happening, uh, Jeff Keighley said he was going to be skipping out because of all the information uh, leaks that they had. And it was kind of just like a... He had issues with the way that it was being handled. That's kind of my issue with this. So many people were like, oh, yeah, E3 is just kind of waste of time now. But then so many people were so excited for this. I'm like, it's the same idea. Yeah. And then, like, my whole thing was, is, is it, well, it, it didn't make me hate Jeff Keighley by any means or anything. But I was kind of like, you talk so much crap about E3 for events that or for problems that they can't help. And then now you're going to do this. Which is just going to egg people on and try to get you to have those same problems. Well, I wonder what the problems that – I wonder if they really couldn't help the problems. Because, you know, one of the things about this industry is he's not going to come out and say what, what his issues were with the company. But he said knowing what he knows, he doesn't, he doesn't feel comfortable going forward with them. So I wonder if it's that he knew that they were purposely skimming out on security to try and save money. And that's part of why these leaks happened. And uh, who knows? I, this is pure postulation on my part. I'm not saying that this is actually what happened. It's just – because we don't know, it makes it hard. Now, going to your point of, I think I think you have a good half point on the people saying that there's no need for E3, but then they're excited for this. I'm excited for this because I was excited for E3. No, and me too. Yeah. But I should say that for the people who are like that, like if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, I think that Kiki, one of our friends and patrons, um, was talking about that he sees that E3 doesn't really need to happen and that you could do it all digitally. I think that's what a lot of people were kind of talking about. It's like there's no need for E3 specifically as an event where everyone comes together and in it, one place. And on the record, I'm not talking about for people who are saying that. I'm talking about people who say E3 should just be gone because Sony pulled out. There's no reason to have E3. Shut up. Like you're an idiot. Because clearly it shows that at least at this time of year, people want information. This is really interesting. Yeah. That it goes for so we, long. We, this is this is what happens when, when there's no E3 or any kind of event like this. We don't know anything right now. We know The Last of Us is coming out. We have no Ghost is coming out. What mm-hmm. else do I have to look forward to? What games do I have to look forward to? Because no trade shows There's are happening. There's nothing happening. Yeah. And that's to not fault every company because now everything's going on. But we just got Xbox. And I'm like, cool. There's that Bright Memory Infinite that looks really cool. There's yep. Scorn that looks really cool. I'm excited for these games now. I don't know when I'm going to get them, but I'm excited for them. But there needs to be more of that like there is during E3 week. We yeah. need to have a direct thrown in and a state of play thrown in. 
People are saying mid-June for PS5 now. That's too late. That is w- entirely too late to be revealing what this console looks like in its lifetime when we're going to get this console five months later. Entirely too late. Well, okay, and, and this is just a general question. Do you feel that way because you think times have changed since the PS4 reveal? Because if we're saying the PS4 reveal, pretty much mid-June was when we saw what the PS4 looked like, which was at their E3 press conference. That's too late. Conference. That's too late. I think that's 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 it, it, it loses out cool and fun speculation you could do about the console like you see people doing about the Xbox Series X. It loses out on kind of <laughs> well again. So do you think that that's because of times changing and because of where the internet is and where gaming media? I can't and see how is? that that has anything to do with it. If anything, it inspires more talk about it over a longer course of time than such a well, shorter I burst. I'm just saying, like. I didn't have a problem with them doing I still don't. I mean, I don't have a problem with with it, but like when we're in this kind of news lull and you're not doing a state of play, you're not doing E3, you're pulling out of everything and you're only showing us these two games that are coming out in the next three months. Why not show us something else in this time that we're dead? We don't have anything going on. Okay. We talk about so summer again, it's, drought. It's specific events, though, that are making it more pressing that you yeah. feel like there's a need yeah, for Yeah, because we always talked about summer drought being a thing. This year is going to be the worst because you're going to have Last of Us, of course, and then you're going to have Ghost a month after that. But you don't know what else is actually even not a bad summer drought. coming. Well, I'm talking about from now up until then. Yeah. You don't know what's coming after that when you get done with those games. And then you got people who are not going to get Last of Us or who are not going to get Ghost or whoever it may be. And then they don't have nothing right now they're looking forward to. And you got Xenoblade. Cyberpunk is September? I thought Cyberpunk's August, I thought. Hey, Siri. <laughs> Saul's joined the Apple ecosystem. Hey, you, stop talking. You're messing up. Hey, Siri. See, Siri's stupid. <laughs> hey, Siri. When does Cyberpunk 27 launch? Okay, that's not right. <laughs> Saul, are you... Loth. Are, are, are you... Uh, like I said, Siri's stupid. When, when does Cyberpunk 2077 launch? We could have easily Googled this, people. I just want you to know that. My laptop's off. Oh, well, here, look, I got you. Look. To be fair. Cyberpunk release date. To be look. fair, I don't know what was going bang, on. Bang, bang. September 17th. September, okay. Gotcha. Uh, by the way, those Skull Candy earbuds I had died. Like, really? It sounded like they were underwater. Like a cer- unceremonious death? But they died. No, they died in the most ceremonial way possible. Um, were you listening I, to some kind of brutal metal? I asked Google a question, and... I was I forgot what I was doing. Like we were talking about some kind of math problem at work and I asked them a question and they said, One moment. And I was like, What? Taking them time to process this question or something. And then it says, If everybody's happy, wash your hands. I'm like, What is this song that is playing to me? <laughs> and then it cut half of that, it cut during that, and then I was like, Okay. I had to type you know, type it three times again, okay, Google with these earbuds. Okay, Google. Nothing. <laughs> Tap it over there more times. Nothing. I'm like, okay, these earbuds just died. Then, like, they, like I got to charge them, but I put them on the charger. They're not charging. <laughs> the case, you could charge the case. You can't charge the earbuds. That's funny. Either way, it's a lot to talk about here. I mean, it's a lot, it's very different. This is a very non Sony centric week, which I know probably is weird for people who like this podcast for specifically the Sony stuff. But in a way, it's kind of nice to have it be completely separate from all of the other, uh, from all the weeks of like 
patent after patent because I guess to, to Saul's that's point that's getting old too to, to Saul's that's point people are so hungry for information in regards yeah. to PlayStation that they are jumping on the smallest the patents thing. yeah that, that everybody's overhyping it which it's, it's so rare that you ever see a patent like, I think they're interesting but people I, are I, like this, I've, I've, this I've is lost, exactly what the PlayStation is going to be all interest in these that's my problem is that everybody's using these as this is what the PlayStation 5 is going to be it's like come on man you could say that it is possible that the PlayStation 5 could be that but you can't, you can't so. look at a patent that was just recently unearthed and be like, like the yep, whole that's like what the, the PlayStation being able to tell if you're sad or not. Like, get, get out of here. I don't need my console yeah. to tell me that. Like I say, I still, playing, I still think that there's a that's a potential. You've been playing Dark Souls 3 for 60 hours. Do you need help? Are you depressed? I'll throw it out. <laughs> PlayStation, I'll throw you out my window. Like I said, I think that there's an argument to be made for that, but I don't know it and I can't conceive it off the top of my head i would love for someone to be like this is what it would work for this specific subset of gaming and maybe they could convince me i don't know but either way it's it's an interesting week with all this stuff going on uh so i guess the last thing we're going to do is go over to our community offered community stake and let me move off of here and go to discussion uh mr uh josh drago uh, our turkey spaghetti man himself. That uh, man actually sent me a turkey spaghetti recipe on my birthday. Did he? Yeah. I didn't get to see it because I was working, but I saw that he had messaged the group, and that's pretty funny. Uh, okay. He says his community's take suggested question for the podcast is, should people judge a video game even though they have not played the game once? Now, this is a very nuanced question, uh, and because of that, I'm going to leave it alone. But just think about it this way. You have the ability to think about it. Like, you go into why you think you should or should not be able to, whether you've played it, whether you've seen it, whether what what kind of judging are we talking about? Is it just criticism of what's being shown or judging the whole game? There's a lot of interesting conversation yes. here. We're gonna I'm gonna keep it up this way. I am gonna repost it, Josh. Uh, that way we have it in and you'll a hear place. our answers on episode 163. You absolutely will. So with that in mind, happy Mother's Day to any of our uh, gaming moms out there or mothers in general. We all have mothers, so happy Mother's Day to I, them. I don't. You had a mother. Maybe. Well, technically, you have a mother. She's just not around anymore. Isn't that weird? Because like, I have a grandpa, regardless of whether he is still if she, around. If she was a video game, would she be the long dark? Oh God! So you got to have a sense of humor about everything. Come on, guys. Yeah, you do. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. We hope you have a good week, uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and last but certainly not least, Mr. El Shabib. If you would like to support the show uh, more than just with your time that we love you so much for doing, then head over to patreon.com slash nartech and see what we got to offer. Thanks.